You know, first off, I want to, um, I want to, I want to, I want to thank Pastor Asher and, you know, for not only being an excellent leader and a pastor, but also for being one of my best friends outside of church. Amen. You know, being a leader is not an easy task. And, you know, I believe that a lot of us don't realize what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I know enough to say that I know that he has his hands full. And, you know, everything, everything that you've done for me and my children, man, I, you know, I don't want to let any of it go unnoticed and unappreciated. And I just want to let you know, man, coming from me, Kariana and Gavin, we love you, bro. And everybody here at Faith Worship Center, Amen. man, we appreciate you so much and everything you do for all of us. Give them a round. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen. You know, as I, as I sought the Lord in prayer for this message, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's reoccurring how he's always reminding me to look at the time. Look at, look at when you're giving this message. Look at what's going on. Look at what's, what day is it? What date in the year? What does this day, what is this day? Does anybody know what today is? Palm Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's all we can do. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Why? We're redeemed. We're washed. We're cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 It was the day that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey, which marked the last seven days of his earthly ministry. You know, there's a prophecy given um, by the prophet Zechariah, which can be found in Zechariah 9, 9, which reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's give, let's give Jesus a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, clap of praise hallelujah yes number two number two today is when we usually all come together and partake in communion amen and y'all are like where's the cups what when are we doing this all right don't worry that's coming that's gonna come i'm gonna switch things up keep it fresh keep it new amen amen Number three, it's, it's, it, it's also days before the last supper and, you know, they're following that, the crucifixion, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This day is so important, but like every day, we should always have our eyes on Jesus and remember what he did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross, that that is where victory was won. That is where Satan was trampled. He thought he had him when he died, but when he rose again, when he came out of the tomb, and he said, Woo! Glory! to God. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive today, right now, inside of you, right where you're at. Glory to God. Woo! Oh, I feel that. Oh, I feel that. Amen. This is why we are here today. This is why we are here. 
It's so important. We should all, all of us, all of us remember and never lose sight of this truth. Never lose sight of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Never, ever walk away from the cross. We should be kneeling before the cross at all times, never leaving there, never leaving there. It's so important. You know, I would like to go through an in-depth description of, of some of what Jesus experienced in his final hours. And, you know, it's going to be deep and it's going to be graphic, but this is something that we all need to know and it all needs to take root inside here and we should never forget it. It's so important. It's so important. If you would open your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians 11.24. Give me an hall- a hallelujah when you're there. I'm going to switch it up. Hallelujah. Not an amen. Give me a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Mm. Yes. Yes. First Corinthians 11:24 reads, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Today, I want to give a message using the end of that verse entitled, in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Oh, Father, oh, Father, humble us, Father. Bring us to a place, Lord, of submission. Where we, where these words, Lord God, these truths would take root in our hearts, Father, as seeds and cultivate, Lord God, that they would grow and blossom, Lord, that we would never forget. Never forget what you did for us, Jesus, that we would never leave the cross, that we would always stay right there, kneeled before you, Father. We give you glory, Lord. Right now, Heavenly Father, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would speak through me right now, Lord God. I submit my entire body to you, Father, as a living sacrifice. Use me as a vessel, Heavenly Father. Use me, Lord God, and prepare our hearts to receive this message this morning, Lord. We thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord God, and we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do, Lord. We come to your throne boldly in the name of Jesus. Jesus with great expectations and in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah you know all of us all of us have a story of where we came from and who we were and where we were headed and of course varying from one to another but one thing one thing that it is the same and always will be the same as how Jesus Christ he paid the price for each and every single one of us he made a way where there was no way he did what no mortal man could do he followed through with God's redemption plan and saved us from eternal damnation in the pits of hell Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
We were in debt for our lifestyle, our choices, every sin that we had ever committed and every transgression we owed big time. All of us. And maybe you're saying, well, just because you were that far in debt, in debt, that doesn't mean I was. No, 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 no. See, see, it doesn't matter if you lied to your mom as a teenager about where you were going and whose house you were spending the night at. It doesn't matter. That was held against you. Maybe, you know, maybe as an adult, you've lied on your taxes and you got away with it. But guess what? With God, it didn't go through. God sees and God knows all. Okay. Amen. How about making idols? How about making idols? Idols of, uh, of things other than God, like football. Ooh, ooh. Football, sports, sports in general. You know, that's, man, that's something that's not really addressed. It's, it's really not. You know, may, maybe your job. You know, money isn't evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Everyone takes out the beginning of that verse. And let me add this. I I heard something so profound concerning that. And it was God doesn't mind you having money. But what he does mind is your money having you. Oof. Oof. You know, what about idolizing your wife or your husband? Because that's possible too. Hello? Hello? I know that I can say, I stand up here right now and say, I worshiped every girlfriend I ever had. I did. Before Christ, I had no idea. And I did. You know, how about your kids? How about your kids? You know, before BC, before Christ, I lived my entire life, everything, my world was my children. And that's, that, that's right, right? But, but see, like, my kids meant so much to me, in which they still do, of course. But see, God needs to be first. And something that we often don't realize is that God loves our children more than we do and more than we ever could. Amen. That's so true. We don't think about that a lot of times. He loves them so much. He loves them way more. It's, we don't even have the capacity inside of us to love them as much as he does. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when I, when I put God first, it gave me a deeper love for my kids. It gave me such a deeper love and, and, and not only that, but then it drew them to Jesus. And now we all love Jesus as a family. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You know, seeing the Lord move in their lives and, and now my oldest daughter, Kariana, having such a strong calling to ministry on her life. I mean, it's amazing. The transformation in Gavin. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I mean, it's amazing. And to hear Sammy talk about the Lord. I mean, she told dad, the Lord did this and dad, Jesus, this. And it's like, oh my gosh. When I was, when I was nine, 10 years old. I was not there. I was not thinking that. I was not. So to see her and to see her raised in church the way that it should be, amen, with the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified with the, with the answer, not just a problem because the world feeds us problems. Nothing but problems. You turn on the news, social media, it's problems, 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 problems. 
But we need the solution. We need to keep our eyes on the solution. Jesus, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. That is the victory. That is, that is where we need to stay. That is what we need to keep our eyes on. You know, let's get back to how about when you ate the last bit of ice cream and blamed it on your sibling. Oh, you know who you are. Gavin, I promise that wasn't for you. I promise. Because Gavin loves ice cream, but that, was, that, that, was, that wasn't for you, Gavin. But he does love ice cream. I kid you not. Like before, a day or two before I go to pick up, pick them up, he's calling me like, Dad, is there ice cream in the fridge? I'm serious. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's so good. It's so good. Because, I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? Amen? Ice cream's great. Thank God for ice cream. <laughs> Amen. 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 You know, you know, I, I just... Like the Apostle Paul said, I qual I, he, he said that I was the chief of all sinners. Let me tell you something, that I can stand here right now and say that I, Gregory Garris Jr., was the chief of all sinners. I was the worst of the worst according to God's law. I, I, I missed a mark on every single level. I stole from my parents. I stole from my closest friends. I lied. I cheated. I gossiped. I murdered many by having hate in my heart towards them and expressing it to others. I struggled with jealousy. I worshiped things and made them my God, like kids, girlfriends, video games, music. I gave in to temptation, lusting with my eyes. I had children out of wedlock. I lived a life that was the exact opposite of the way we are to live. My father wasn't our heavenly father. And I'm not talking about my earthly father, but my father was the father of lies. My father was Satan, and, and I don't know if that hits different for you this morning, you know, but it, it does something to me. This right here, this is why God sent his son down to earth, and Jesus Christ lived out a life of perfection so that he could lay his life down, becoming our sacrifice so that we could have eternal communion with God washed and cleansed in his precious blood new creations in Christ Jesus crucified with Christ not I not I who lives but Christ lives in me and through me by the oh thank you father yes I feel that I feel that but see, not only in the afterlife, but Jesus' finished work on the cross was also for right here and right now. Right here and right now. And I explained last night at Elevate how, how, how it's often applied as something that it's already been done in our lives. And, but, but the finished work of Christ is, is ongoing and something that's constantly giving us victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I want to say that what a tragedy in Tennessee What a tragedy at Covenant Elementary School. And I mean, that just, that broke me. Anytime I hear about anything like that, it, it cuts deep. It cuts deep. You know, it's, 
This is what this is what the news the the, the news it's it's bringing all this and 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 I guess the news and 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 certain you know you could look at it and say well it gives us the reason to pray it gives us people to pray for but man we got to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what's going on in the world we got to understand man that God has a plan he has a plan for each and every single one of you you know, and, and, and while the world is searching for answers, let me tell you that the, the solution isn't taking our guns away. The solution can't be found in politics. 12-step programs or better psych evaluations, the solution is and always will be Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And until we come back, to this, as a nation, things will just continue to get worse and worse. And actually, to be quite honest and not to be a Debbie Downer, but it's biblical that things are going to continue to get worse and worse. And I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but what's going on in Israel right now, you can't, they're saying that they're trying to make it so that you can't say the name of Jesus. You can't tell anybody about Jesus in person or online persecution it, it, it's it's running rampant and i'm going to tell you something right now it's on its way over here and we have to stand bold and we have to stand for the name of jesus amen we have to proclaim jesus christ and him crucified to the world hallelujah thank you jesus you know, every single one of us here for are, are, are here for such a time as this. And right now, I'm going to tell you right now, it's to give the devil hell every day of our lives. This is war. We are in a spiritual war, and we need to armor up with the armor of God. We need to go out with faith. We need to have you. You got to. You got to stay equipped. We got to equip the saints. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, I am a slave for Jesus Christ and used by God all day, every day. Every chance that I get, I tell someone, even at the very minimum, I say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And Gavin, Gavin will be like, Dad, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're a believer. I said, that's good, man. That was a seed. That was a seed. Because, you know, they'll either give you that look. They'll either be like, uh-huh, yeah, you too. Or they'll say, amen, hallelujah. I know, I know he does. So you can tell right there, glory to God. I want to encourage you to go out and do that. Every person that you encounter, tell them Jesus loves you. Real quick, real easy. It's easy. Jesus loves you. Just remind them. And you can turn around and walk away. Jesus loves you. Have a great day. That's it. That's it. You know, hallelujah. You know, coming to the realization that I used to serve Satan and do his bidding changed my walk with God forever because it gave me a righteous anger towards the kingdom of darkness. It, it upset me. This lit a holy fire in me because I already understood that we were all created by God and he knew our name and made plans for us before we were even born or thought of. How amazing is that? You know, that, oh man, that just, 
you know, it, it, it put a burden in my heart that longs to see the lost found and the blind able to see. I don't want to see dozens, not hundreds, not thousands, but I want to see millions come to know the name of Jesus and what he did for all of humanity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in a pit so low that you feel like you can't climb out. I know what it's like to feel the need to smoke a cigarette or take a drink to relax. I know what it's like to get so mad you punch a hole in a drywall or even worse, a window because I got scars to prove it. But see, this right here is why we all need the revelation of Jesus Christ and the cross. What Jesus went through and endured for us, 100% God, but also 100% man, not 50-50. He felt everything we feel from physical pain to heartache, betrayal, anxiety, and anything else you have experienced in your lifetime. So let's talk about Jesus. Amen. Let's talk about some of the things that our Savior endured for us. Let's start off with the betrayal. Jesus, knowing all along that Judas Iscariot would betray him and, and, and still loved him like a brother, still spent countless hours with Judas building a relationship with him to, and serving him, even washed his feet. That's a message right there in itself. I mean... I've heard many times that the true, the true test of a Christian is their willingness to wash their enemies' feet, is to pray for their enemies. You know, let me propose a question. Are you praying for their downfall? Because you should be praying for their blessing. And if you, and if you have an opportunity to bless them, bless them. I'm not saying don't let, any, you know, don't let anybody walk all over you, but don't let what they did to you affect how you treat them. Amen. 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 Romans 12, 17 says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Proverbs 25, 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Amen. Amen. You know, if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And, 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 and if, if that's the case, you should be walking in the spirit at all times. Amen. What is the very first gift of the spirit? Love. Love. Love followed by joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the fact that Jesus was betrayed with a kiss on the cheek, I believe it speaks to those who have experienced betrayal from those who have been closest to them, such as parents, siblings, spouses. Jesus experienced it all on every level. Let's talk about the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus said one of the most known scriptures, Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then it says, 
Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly than his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This is an extremely rare medical condition. You know, it's something that, that has only been recorded maybe a dozen times in medical history. Hematidrosis is, is, is so rare and it only comes about when extreme amounts of stress and agony has overtaken you. You know, it's reported that when hematidrosis occurs, the person will discharge blood out of every sweat gland in their body. You know, and for those who may be wondering how this is possible, it says that each sweat gland has a small capillary that surrounds it. And when hematidrosis occurs, that small capillary ruptures, which makes the person perspire blood. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm willing to admit that I can guarantee, I can guarantee that I hadn't even come close to experiencing stress on that level. We look at our lives and the things that we go through and the things that we endure, but we haven't even came close to what Jesus went through for us. Yes, yeah, this really, it, it, it truly puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Jesus crying out to the Father, knowing what he's about to endure, going to the cross, pleading with God the Father, pleading with him for another way, but willing to go through with it, knowing the pain and agony that comes with it. Why? Why would Jesus do this? Why would he do this? Because he loves you that much. He loves all of us that much. He wasn't thinking about himself in the garden. He was thinking about you. That's so important. Each and every single one of you make that personal this morning. Make that personal I want you to think about that, that besetting sin that keeps getting the best of you. Think about the cross. Think about what Jesus endured. Think about the price that he paid for you. Jesus Christ chose to go through this so that you could be free from that sin, whatever it may be. Amen. He laid his life down to set you free from the captivity of sin that dominates you. This is the, the victory and the truth and the freedom is so real. It's so real. If you get a hold of this, I believe that the only people that come close to understanding what Jesus felt in this waiting period, honestly, is a woman who has had a child or children and that nine month waiting period, knowing what is inevitably going to happen in due time. The big difference is, is Jesus sat with this for decades. He knew who he, who he was, although those around him had no idea, but he knew, he knew that he was on a mission. He knew that he was the son of the living God. Imagine knowing that 10 years from now, 10 years from now that you're going to go through excruciating agony. Imagine the anxiety building up. Imagine that anticipation you're you're breaking. Imagine that. I, I, I can't even from, you know, from your family, your friends, and, and the entire country is going to turn on you. The entire, everybody is going to turn on you and say, crucify him. Man, that's powerful. That is so powerful. I, 
you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I can't handle that. I, 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 I already abandon, I have abandonment issues. I, I, I can't imagine being tossed to the wolves and my family turning, turning on me. I, I can't imagine suffering in that way. I, I, I can't even imagine that. that that's uh, your family and your friends turning their back on you. That's something that is just, oh my, that, that hurts. That hurts. And when you feel that and when you take that in and you feel the reality of that, Jesus went through all of this for you. That should wake us up. That should wake us up. There's nothing in life, no matter how bad, how stressful, how embarrassing, how painful that Jesus, he hasn't already experienced it himself for each and every single one of us. You know, that brings us to what I believe is one of the hardest things to picture in our minds, and that's the scourging. The, the, the Romans used something that was called a flagrum or a cat of nine tails, and it was made up of small chunks of bone or metal, and which it was attached to leather strands. It was an absolutely brutal instrument of torture that was specifically designed to pull the muscle and tissue out of the body, which then would expose the nerves, causing an extreme amount of pain on the person. If you've ever seen The Passion of Christ, it was a very realistic take on this scene, but I don't, I don't believe that it, it, it did it justice because we can't even imagine. That, that movie was graphic, but it wasn't close. It wasn't even close to what he experienced. The beating that Jesus received, you know, was done by two big burly Roman legionnaires who would take turns whipping him. Just one of these lashes would leave a gash that would require 180 stitches to close the wound. One. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> mm. Oh, just one, 180 stitches. You know, something that fascinated me was how on earth did Jesus not bleed out? How, how is this possible? And I know that he is God, and, but he was 100% man. How, how is this possible? And, you know, interestingly enough, the, the weather, it, it did play a big role in this. And, you know, it was the, 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 this time of year in Israel, you would have warm days, but you would also have cold nights. And it was the cold night air that would cause Jesus's skin to chill. And because of this, the blood vessels and capillaries would constrict, therefore making the blood loss miminal. That's, that's so powerful. This is real folks. This is true. This is truth. You know, a crown of thorns. After the scourging, kicking him, spitting on him, mocking him, smacking him, punching him, which it, it doesn't even say this in scripture, but I could guarantee that he got his teeth knocked out. Think about that. This is, this is, this is where they placed the crown of thorns on his head. You know, the, the, the thorns used for this was not your ordinary thorns. These thorns were around one and a half to two inches long and as sharp as an ice pick. And 
they would put the crown onto the head and, and, and they took a reed, which basically a stick and pressed it up against his head. Driving the thorns into a skull. During this process, the thorns would actually penetrate the outer bone of the skull. After all of this is when he carried the cross. This is when he carried the cross for you, for you. That's right. He will not be mocked. Amen. Amen. The cross, the part that he carried, it was 150 to 200 pounds. Imagine that. Walking a path from the city walls to where he was then crucified at Golgotha, about a half of a mile, a half of a mile. Man, Jesus, I'm sure he was stumbling and falling, falling over from absolute exhaustion, excruciating pain, and a a man by the name of Simon helped him carry his cross to the crucifixion site and mm, that's so powerful. He carried your cross. He carried it for each and every single one of you. Now the way crucifixion is designed, whenever you take a breath, your back presses up against the cross, moving up and scraping against the wood. Every time you exhale or speak, you would have to pull up with your arms and push up with your legs and feet. What this should tell us is that every single spoken word that Jesus said while hanging on the cross was absolutely intentional and very important. Very important. Quoting Jesus' words on the cross, it was, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. I don't know who's holding you back today. I don't know who's in your heart. I don't know if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, but I'm telling you right now, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then to John, He said, behold your mother. Behold your mother. His mother, Mary, said, woman, behold your son. Mm. Then finally looking up to the heavens, crying out to our heavenly father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's so powerful. Why have you forsaken me? He went through all of this so that we could be set free today, not tomorrow. Lay your lives down as living sacrifices. Lay your life down as he has laid his life down for you. I don't know what's going on in your lives personally, but whatever it is, lay it down. Lay it down at the cross. Stay at the cross. Say, God, I'm not leaving this altar. I'm not leaving. I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to kneel to you before you because you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are worthy. 
Woe is me. You are worthy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you for these truths, Lord. Oh, let it take root in our hearts, Father. Let it be real to us, Lord God, that what you did, Father, you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, but go through absolute excruciating agony for us. You went through hell, so we don't have to, Lord God. You went through this, Lord, for us so that we may have victory, so that we may have victory in this life, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, when he looked over, when he looked over at, at, at the thief on the cross and that was so powerful. That was so powerful. You know, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you could do. You know, the, the, the thief next to Jesus was saying, Lord, remember me when, when, when you, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. Remember me. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today that you will be with me in paradise. You will be with him in paradise. Amen. Faith, believe, hold this in your heart. You will be with him in paradise. Glory to God. There is nothing that you could do to earn this. It is simple believing in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. You know, it, it, it's not in how much you read your Bible. It's not in how much you attend church. It's not, it's not how, how much you tithe to the church and the offerings that you give. And all these things, may, it, all these things are good. All these things, you know, it, 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 God looks and he, of course, of course, he's glory to God. That's glory. Glory to God. You do these things because you want to, but you don't do them to receive salvation. Glory to God. You do this because you love him exactly. Your, your love, you, you, you want to give him all of you. And I just, I, I just want to encourage you today. Give him all of you, every area, everything that is inside of you. Say, Jesus, I don't want anything inside of me that doesn't resemble Christ. I want you to reign in my life in every area. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If I could get the worship team to come back and we're going to pass out communion. And you know, when, when Jesus, when Jesus said this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that very moment, darkness came over the land with I'm sure lightning and thunder included. The temple veil that covered the entrance of the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. And, you know, there's reports that say the, the, the veil that was, it was 60 feet tall and four inches thick. Hallelujah. The earth shook mightily, causing rocks to split. There was, uh, there was a certain centurion who, who was guarding Jesus, who witnessed all of this and said, surely he was the son of God. Surely he was the son of God. This moment has been called the aha moment. Aha. 
He surely, he was the son of God, the most powerful historical event ever documented. And yes, it's documented. So anybody that comes up to you and and when it questions the validity of the Bible, tell them, no, 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 no. This is a history book. This isn't stories and fairy tales. That this is what happened. This is history. John 3.17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know, I wanted to wait for all of us to partake in communion together this morning after this message so that hopefully it hits home and we get wrecked. Amen. I use the passage in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four for a reason that I want to explain that. If you read further in the chapter, it states in verse 27 through 31, 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Mm. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You know, this, this is saying we should examine ourselves before we take communion. You know, because not only can it be poison, but it can actually cause premature death in a Christian. And and our life can be cut short. Our life can be cut short if our faith isn't properly placed in the finished work of Christ. Communion is taken lightly by Christians all over the world who don't know their Bible. And because of this, they take on sicknesses that could be avoided by understanding proper faith in Christ and the cross. Amen.